Hey guys, welcome to Storehouse Media. We're so excited to have you joining us this week. Our heartbeat is biblical doctrine, so we are here as a resource to provide the gospel and biblical teaching and how those two things are inseparable. Join us every week as we tackle different topics regarding faith, life, and truth, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, Storehouse Media, back up on the mics, uh, got Gamma. Working tech tables, Israel and San Antonio, and we are just jamming away over here. We're just trying to keep going, man. Israel, if you're listening to this, we miss you, man. Yep. Hopefully you're jamming away in San Antonio with your people. <laughs> um, but we are excited to be back. It's kind of weird because it's actually a Saturday right now. We normally record on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, but and it's morning. Yeah. We, we were prevented. And so... We're here on a Saturday, on a but Saturday it's morning. oddly peaceful. You know, it's yeah. kind of nice, and it's, and my brain isn't uh, fogged up with everything else that I've done today. It's yeah. like fresh and new, and so I feel good. I feel good too, and yeah. it's funny because you guys listening, you guys are still on normal schedule. Yep. For it y'all, is, it's just going to be Monday. For us, it's going to be Monday morning. So God bless you guys on that Monday. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, so we are moving forward, right? Uh, last week we talked a lot about, uh, God's intention behind life, you know, ultimately like it, when we're looking at like the, the good and bad situations in life that they're not purposeless, but they have a meaning. Um, and so now we're going to kind of move forward. I guess if you could call it an order, um, we're going to start looking at the days of Genesis one, but we're not going to look at it in in order of how God created, we're not going to try and defend, uh, the order of Genesis one. We may do that, but not today. Yeah. Uh, today we really want to look more at the purpose behind the creation, right? And not necessarily, um, trying to categorize like, okay, we're only going to talk about humans or we're only going to talk about trees or, you know, whatever, but just in general, like if we were to look at the creation and we want to kind of see a purpose behind it, then I, it'd be really great if we could kind of identify that because what if we're missing, yeah. you know, one of these, these huge dynamics for which God created. Yeah. And so we're not enjoying life yeah, to the degree that we could. Right. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about it a couple during the, so far during this season. And I was actually listening to a sermon that Tim Keller gave mm-hmm. um, over the Trinity and we had to understand that God did not create us because he needed us right. to worship him. And, you know, we've emphasized that already. I like the perspective that Tim Keller gave. And I think you've mentioned it before, but I actually finally heard the sermon where he says that God has invited us to this dance, mm-hmm. right, to this dance with him. And the thing about a dance, like let's say, for example, Daniel, you ask a lovely lady to take a dance with you. Right. How mm-hmm. awkward would it be if just you were dancing? She kind of was just was standing there. Yeah. Right. That would be yeah. kind of awkward. Right. And so a dance is something that's intimate and something that takes the requirement of both parties to put effort in mm-hmm. and to enjoy. Imagine if one didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Well, God has invited us to a dance because he did not create us because he needed us to worship because we've emphasized already in our Revelation 4 podcast um, that God already has beings up there that are worship- worshiping him yeah. day and night far better than we could ever right. do here yeah. on earth. So we had to also see a perspective like, okay, well, then why did God create? Mm-hmm. And that creation is what we're going to go over today. Yeah. Like, why did God create us? And we're going to go over it. And another thing is we really are being intentional with the order of which we're doing these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, we're over here. We're about to explain to you guys the purpose of creation through a more humanistic standpoint. But that would have, that, that would have no validity if we didn't first define that there was a God and yeah. prove that there was a yeah. God. So we're really going in order so that you, there is validity in everything that we're saying throughout these podcasts. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And going off of that gamma, I think it's also important to keep in mind, um, man, there's a CS Lewis quote that I might be able to find it really quick. Uh, but uh, you know, essentially he kind of says a similar thing in that, uh, did I find it that quickly? No, I didn't. Um, but he says a a really similar thing in that we, we do have this like innate desire, right? Uh, to worship, to celebrate, to enjoy. And it's not like you said, God didn't create us because he needed worship. He created us because 
worship is actually a, an enormous gift to be enjoyed, right? Yeah. Because worship is celebration. Yeah. And so if we're if we're missing that in our lives, then it's like God created this beautiful dance floor, this beautiful symphony for us to move to, yeah. and we're not. We're just standing still and missing out. Yeah. You know, it's like that song "I Hope You Dance." In a weird way, it is. Yeah. You know. Um. But this quote by Lewis, this is what he says. Speaking speaking of uh, this dance, right, in the enjoyment yeah. of it, he says, These things, the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. But if they're mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshipers. For they are not the thing itself. They are only a scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. Wow. Right? And so, like, that's one thing to keep in mind. We do need that satisfaction. We do need that fulfillment. And God has, God has gifted us yeah. with so much to offer it. But they're not meant to, they're meant to just be a, a an echo of his voice, right? And yeah. so when we run to the creation, when we, especially as we're going to look over this today, um, I guess this kind of brings me to the next point. Um, we, you know, we have to be careful in the misconceptions yeah. of the purpose of creation. Because you really have, uh, and this isn't exhaustive, but you have two far opposite ends of the spectrum that abuse the creation yeah. in one way or another. You have uh, sort of this stoic uh, idea of it that that basically creation and matter are evil mm. and that we need to attain to the spiritual in order to, you know, a- attain this higher level of knowledge and freedom and liberation. And that's where you get the quote-unquote woke people. Right, right. And yeah. so you get this, this sort of messed up, ideology and this creeps into Christianity where they think that our bodies are evil, that matter is evil. And that's Mm. not true. God created matter. And he said in creation, he said he saw it all and it was good. And it was very good. good. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's nothing evil about our actual flesh in the new Testament. When Paul talks evil about the flesh, he means the carnal desires or the worldly desires. Yeah. Um, when Christ returns like Christ, Jesus right now is in a fleshly body. Right, he resurrected yeah. in bodily form. He's not leaving that, and so matter isn't evil. But you have this group that thinks that we have to avoid, we have to avoid all um, matter and all all things like that, all creation, in order to attain spirituality. But then you have this flip side, where it's what we would consider hedonism, which is ultimately self gratification to the absolute maximum, and in that. Uh, we are then taking the creation and doing everything that we can in order to please ourselves with it. And so it puts us at the center uh, and it uses creation for our purposes instead of for God's glory. And so in order to get an appropriate look at this, we need to look at Christianity and creation, right? Like how does how did God intend the creation to be enjoyed by us for his glory, right? Yeah. And so... That's important to keep in mind. Creation should be enjoyed for God's glory. Yes. Not yours, God's. So that as we enjoy it, we praise the one who gave it to us to be enjoyed. Yes. So we're going to look at three things, and this is by no means, once again, it's by no means exhaustive. Um, But we're going to look at the usefulness of creation, the enjoyment of creation, and the metaphor of creation. Uh, so starting out the usefulness of creation. So if you look at, uh, especially like Genesis two, nine, uh, you see very clearly that when God created food, he did create it for eating, right? For nourishment, uh, and out of the ground, Genesis two, nine, out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Yeah. And so he created us to be a people that eat. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know where this applies in the fallen world versus paradise, but where we are now, you don't eat food, you die. Yeah. Right. We have to eat. We need nourishment. We need energy. We need all of that. And so food uh, created to be eaten, to be useful. Yes. Uh, Genesis 215. He created our hands to be working. Right. This is this is pre fall. You know, there's there's this idea that if. That that work is only a a, a 
a byproduct of sin. It's not. Mm. The misery of work is a byproduct of sin. Mm. But work was even before the fall. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. In other mm. words, to cultivate it, to yes. work, to build. And God's intention wasn't that man just stay right there in the garden, but that he caused the garden to cultivate the entire earth. Wow. Right? And that we would repopulate it. Uh, or not repopulate, but that we would populate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that our children would work, and they would cultivate, and they would build. Yeah, and and, and it was something to to keep in mind, just like you said, it wasn't that it wasn't work; it was the misery of work. Right. It was that you'd have to work to get food. Mm-hmm. When before the fall, there was work, but out of enjoyment. Sure. You know, out of enjoyment, you're man. I'm cultivating this, but that wasn't because you had to do it in order to eat yeah when the curse that god gave to the man was well now if you want to eat you're gonna have to work yeah and now when we have to do something yeah we hate it yes yes (laughs) and that's you know one thing to keep in mind especially for the mental health aspect of it um you know we're created in the image and likeness of god who is a creator who is a worker who is an artist who is all those things and so we we set aside and we abuse a large part of our humanity yeah. when we refuse to work. Yes. Yeah. It's it's important for mental health. Even, you know, like uh just shooting in the dark, if you're like a stay-at-home dad, you know, like if, if your wife brings in all the income and you're a stay-at-home, awesome. Yeah. Don't spend your time watching movies and you know, like cultivate things. Yeah. Work, build, do do amazing things. Yeah. You know, that's we're created to do that, yep. man and woman alike. Yes. And so we we need to be busy and working. The most unhealthy mentality we can have is a mentality where we refuse to work. It oh, causes yeah. depression and all kinds of other things. We need achievement. We need that stuff. Work is a very godly thing. Too. Absolutely. Although it, it was a punishment for us that we have to work to, to do food. But there's right. beauty in work. God worked. He mm-hmm. worked on us for six days. Yeah. Like, and Jesus says that he's still working and doesn't stop working. He's over right? there building our mansions yeah. right now. Straight up, man. Now, whether he's doing that just by speaking or actually with his hands, I don't know. But it sounds cool. Yeah, right? it sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so he he gave us food for eating. He gave us hands for working. Uh, and he also gave us sex for procreation. Yeah. Right. Now, remember, we're just talking about the usefulness of it right now. So those of you who are like, that's all it's for, we'll move forward. Uh, but Genesis one twenty eight, uh, then God, God said to them, or I'm sorry, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. So in giving us sex, right, to be fruitful and multiply means have sex and have children. Yeah. In, in giving us that. He blessed us in it, right? Yeah. It says that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And so God gave us sex for procreation. And so we have a need. Listen, we have a need for purpose and we have a need for achievement. Yeah. And God has given us food, work, and sex. Yeah. To be useful, yeah. To give us purpose, to give us achievement, yeah. Right. One of the I, I don't know because I'm not a parent, but from what I understand, for parents who see their kids grow up and become successful, yeah. Right. It's a huge achievement factor for a parent oh, to yeah. know that they did that. Oh yeah. And so, um, in all you know, in these three realms, which again they're not exhaustive, right? There's a lot more to creation oh, yeah. that God had given us for usefulness. Yeah. But just to, to cap on a few things and to spark your minds uh, for some meditation into other things, yeah, this is what we have, yeah, right? But then it goes beyond that. So looking at those same things, right? Uh, God also gave them to us for enjoyment. Oh, yeah. Do not sleep on that. Um, beauty is considered a transcendental. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words... It's something above us that we don't really comprehend, and yet if we don't have it, we can't go on living. Oh, yeah. Right? We have to have beauty. Yeah. Um, and we have to have enjoyment. And so, there, I mean, there's a reason that in prison, the removal of enjoyment is part of the punishment, mm. right? And there's a reason that people in prison tend to go a more animalistic route than they do a more human route. Yeah. Because those things are taken away. Yeah. And so... 
going back to Genesis 2 9. Uh, right? and, and, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, just something really quick off of that point you made. Something about the prisoners being a little bit more animalistic than humanistic. I mean, think about it actually for animals. I think that God has given us enjoyment but and usefulness, but only the animals' usefulness. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about, like, for example, sex, animals don't see the opposite gender and say, man, what a beautiful mm, yep. dog. No, what they see is that is a being in which I can procreate yeah. and have kids. So, therefore, my tendency is to do that. Like Instinctively, yeah. Instinctively, yeah. Those are instincts. Mm-hmm. God gave us those instincts, but also... Beyond that, like God has set us apart. Yeah. That the Bible mentions many, many times the glory of our human bodies, mm-hmm. and that is which something the animals do not have. They don't yeah. have these enjoyments. The um, food for eating. Yeah. It's not like man, like dude, that was such a savory. Right. You know. Yeah. They have the usefulness, but they don't have the enjoyment. God right. has given us both. Yeah. 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 And to ignore enjoyment, mm. you're more on the animalistic Man, side. Have fun with that stoicism because I'm not on it. <laughs> uh, Genesis 2 9. So we mentioned it a minute ago, we use Genesis 2 9 to talk about the usefulness of food, that he made food good to be food, right? Yeah. But don't, don't miss. Uh, and out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Look at that. Right? Yeah. Beauty. He created things to be beautiful. Yeah. That we would see beauty and we would enjoy beauty. And also keeping in mind, there is none in all of existence more beautiful than God himself. Mm. To set eyes on him uh, is altogether terrifying, humbling, incredibly joy-giving, and and all these very, like, I feel like every emotion would be sparked, uh, including anger, because we've wasted so much sight on such vain things in comparison to the glory of God, right? Like, Every emotion would be sparked by looking at the beauty of God, but also keeping in mind, man, when you look at the creation, beauty, right? Oh, yeah. It's It's been created beautifully, and we should be enjoying beauty. He made the – this is one thing. Like I, And I'm not – uh, I went to a worship night last night, actually, with some of the some of the people from Hebrews Coffee Shop, uh-huh. um, and I thought it was really interesting because the worship they did, they we did like ten or twelve songs, I think. Oh wow! All acapella, really? Not a single instrument, man. Whoa! And one, I've never been in a setting like that. Yeah. Right. I've been I've been in more traditional settings where it's just acoustic or just a piano and it's just hymns. I've been in settings where it's very modern with all the lights and all the everything. Yeah. I've never been in just an acapella setting. Wow. But it's bizarre how every ounce of it was beautiful, right? In all of them. Now you can you if you're the guy that's like we put on modern worship with lights and blah, I'm like that's fantastic. Yeah. As long as you're not depending on that. Yeah. Right. There's nothing wrong with being in the image of your creator who created trees pleasant for the sight and going how can we make this room. Yeah. Pleasant for how can we make the atmosphere pleasant for the sight. Oh yeah. That's a gift. It's a gift. Sure. And I'm I'm going back to C.S. Lewis quote that you mentioned earlier. Like mm-hmm. dude, you should see these things and it should point you to the yeah. creator. But when that's your dead end, that's like that's yes. the highest that I look toward. Yeah. That becomes your idol. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when it becomes bigger and better, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. now, next time we have to outdo that. Oh, yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Right? Man, it reminds me of Bible study here. They're a Bible study. Like, dude, I'm a huge fan of lights, mm-hmm. huge sound system. Like, bro, I'm a musician. Not yeah. only am, am I a musician, I'm a passionate musician. So yeah. I want the biggest show ever. Yeah. But at Bible study, we don't have those things. We right. don't have the lights. We don't have a nice sound system. Like we don't have the best instruments. Bro, bro, like the worship isn't any yeah. less yeah. amazing than it would be if all those things were there because my mind is not on those things. Right. My mind uses those things when they're available to glorify the creator and my eyes ultimately always lead to God. Yeah. And so whatever you're in, whatever mm. beauty you see, let that be a little glimpse of the creator that created it. Yeah. Because if that's beautiful, imagine Man. the person that created yes. it. Yes. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, so, on top of enjoying beauty, uh, he did also create us to enjoy flavor. Mm. Right? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. So, I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are are gifts from God. This is a man. So we used to do this thing uh, with our with our college group here, um, 
it was a Friendsgiving and we would set the atmosphere up beautifully. Like Mm -hmm. we really would. And that was when me and Kaylee and and some of the other uh, staff would go to set it up. Our idea was always that we want to try and create paradise right here, right? Mm -hmm. We want it to be utterly breathtakingly beautiful when you walk in the room because we also had food that was knock your socks off amazing i mean we we bought a whole pig and smoked it for like 24 like we did all of it all the sides all the everything we just brought in pies like and we even made the display we had tables set up around the room Uh with the food categorized out and yeah you know it's just it was a beautiful setting man yeah um and i would always get up right before we'd start and i would give the same sermon you know, I say sermon, five minutes. Yeah. Same one every single time. Mm. Uh, it, flavor or taste has no evolutionary purpose. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, poison can taste good, yeah. right? And healthy things can taste bad. Yeah. And so you can't say, oh, it was in order for us to discern what was good or bad to eat. No, it was not, right? Wow. And so you have to beg the question, well, then why taste? Yeah. Other than simply to be enjoyed. enjoyed. Dude. Why would it have evolved? There's yeah. no reason for, for taste to have involved. We, God gave us taste buds so that we could put food on our tongue or, or liquid on our tongue and love the flavor of it. What's your favorite food, bro? Oh, God. Well, it, that's a tough one. <laughs> I love meat. I really do. Oh, man. yeah. Beef, beef is my jam. And so I love a good steak or yeah. a, you know New York strip ribeye. Um, but then, you know, I also love bacon. I love eggs. Yeah. But, but now, those are all things that I eat very often. And yeah. by very often, I mean probably daily. Mm. Um, so in order to really categorize what I would call favorites, yeah, I would have to go outside of my daily, mm. which would bring me to things like, and this, listen, this is going to be kind of, it's going to be kind of embarrassing. Uh, macaroni and cheese. Okay. PB&Js. Wow. PB&Js are in the top three. Wow. Yeah, I love them, man. Uh, and then, man, I'm a big sushi guy. Like I love me some sushi. Really? Yeah. I've never actually had sushi. Oh gosh, man. I could live on sushi. Dang. Yeah. And then cereal, you know, of all, like Cereals. it's the simple things that I actually enjoy the yeah. most. Yeah. Um, man. And yeah. all for enjoyment. Yeah. All for enjoyment. Yeah. And that's, I don't make them normal. Yeah. Because I want them to always be a gift. Yeah. Right. You make it taste good. Yeah. 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 So yeah, but I mean, that's, man, that's something to keep in mind. Food, and every time some beautiful flavor touches your tongue, you should be remembering, man, I don't have to have this, but God gave it to me. Wow. Yeah. It reminds wanna... me of the steak that I ate last night. Mm. We went to uh, Sawgrass. Oh, I love they Sawgrass. They got some man. good steak they do. there. They do. Yeah. 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 So flavor, beautiful thing, man. It's a gift. It is. It's a gift. You should be enjoying it, always. Uh, also he gave us the enjoyment of building things, mm. the enjoyment of working or accomplishing or achieving, uh, back to Genesis two fifteen, the Lord God placed man in the garden to cultivate and to guard it. But then listen, Exodus 31 or Exodus 36 verse one, the Lord had gifted, uh, Bezal- Bezalel, weird names, Hebrew yeah. names, you know, Bezalel and Ohaliab. Uh, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in the in the building of the sanctuary. So God has gifted people, individual people, with different wisdoms and abilities to perform different tasks. Right. Uh, one thing that that God has gifted me in is the preparation of teachings and sermons. Yeah, and it's an art form, and I absolutely love doing it. Uh, I also love very meticulous things. Uh, I love, you know, we talked about smoking a pig. I love doing that. I love sitting by a smoker and watching that thermostat and making sure that it doesn't go a degree too high or degree too low and, and monitoring that. I love every bit of it. I love writing workout plans and designing workouts because I love all the elements that go into it, all the art and all the creativity yeah. that can be the second you put me on someone else's program i get mm. bored because i'm like i need that creative element yeah uh when i do workouts and so god's given us the wisdom and the ability to do those things and we should do them yeah right wherever you're gifted if you're a musician 
run with you know it doesn't have to be your career but it definitely needs to be something we're plugging into regularly yes to find life in it oh yeah and not only that but like uh the beauty in architecture like Mm -hmm. you go to the most architecturally beautiful sites in the world it didn't need to be built like Mm -hmm. that if we're talking from what we need bro it's literally a box yeah that's the strongest structural infrastructure that can exist like right. literally straight steel pipes going straight up across on a foundation bro that building will stay there yeah but what do we do god's given us the gift mm. of being able to make these curves do some cool things with glass do cool things with brick and with concrete and all these things and now we have amazing buildings yeah we have amazing stairwells like if it's just for step for the sake of stairs bro you just go step 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 bro but we have spiral staircases we have like Dude, elevators. Have you seen yeah. some amazing elevators? Man, like, yeah. That's the gift of God. And it reminds I was trying to look for it right now, I couldn't find it. But there was also a certain person that um that existed during the time of Solomon, right? When Solomon was building the temple, mm-hmm. and there was a specific person who had the gift, uh, the gift of building, the gift yeah. of architecture, and like no one else had it. Yeah. Solomon himself had the gift of being the having the yeah. wisdom david wanted to build that temple yeah. so bad god said yeah. no i'm gonna give it to your son mm-hmm. solomon solomon had wisdom it says that and there's even a uh, while i was looking for what i was trying to look for i even saw one of the subtitles of the chapters that said uh more of solomon's achievements achievement mm-hmm. achievement what is that yeah bro like that's a gift as well because yeah. we don't deserve achievement means you get a little bit of glory yeah like you get some credit for what sure. you did God allows us to have yeah. some of that. Like if you did a good job, bro, people are going to tell you good job. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, that. That's one thing like I, I genuinely love what the Catholic tradition has done with beauty. Mm. Like they use, that's why some of their cathedrals are so breathtaking. Yeah. They use it as evangelism. Mm. Right. And I think that's a I think that's a powerful tool. I yeah. really do. I don't think it's I don't think it's a required tool yeah. for evangelism. I think the gospel is. Yeah. But nevertheless, to draw people into the fullness of their humanity, right? That's one thing that we have to understand with sin. Sin has really degraded us from the glory for which we were created. Yeah. And so to remind people of their humanity is such a powerful thing, right? Because if you can see the glory for which you were created and how far you've fallen, mm. you understand you need redemption. Oh yeah. Right. And so that's one thing, you know, when you talk architecture and things like that, that's one thing that I think was such a, it, it's a, it's a gift that should be grabbed a hold of more often oh yeah especially by christians oh we should be at the pinnacle of it we should be the most Mm -hmm. creative the most um skilled yeah in in all these aspects architecturally musically creativity yeah creativity creativity yeah sure creatively creativity creative creatively creatively there we go there Man, it that is. messed me up that messed it's like me if up. you say hippopotamus wrong like 10 yeah. times in a row it's hard to say it right yeah somebody's gonna try that now that we're <laughs> to it. um okay so moving on from building lastly and again not exhaustive list but this is one that definitely needs to be talked about oh yeah uh enjoying sex yeah. Right. Like that is, listen, you go into song of songs, you're going to hear over and over and over the necessity oh, of yeah. enjoying the passion of sex. Yeah. Sex is the highest expression of passion inside of a relationship. Oh it is. yeah. And I think, and you know, this is might be a little sketchy, but I think that expression is metaphorical to what worship is. I think so too. Yeah. I think when we, when you're united in that passion and you're expressing it to its fullness, yeah. right? You're also getting a taste of what the heightened expression of worship should be Yeah, f- to Christ. Yeah. And I tell this to people all the time, like sex is a gift mm-hmm. and that's what we're going over. Like you're like, okay, yeah, dude, sex is a gift and it's meant to be like you said, useful, but also enjoy Oh man. Dude, God gave us sex to enjoy. Like yeah. he wants us to join to the opposite sex, mm-hmm. get together in our intimacy and have and and make it to where we make each other feel extraordinary. Oh man. Where we euphoric. feel 
Yeah. 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 And the thing is, it also ties in, okay, well, Gamma, how can our pleasure, and sometimes that word pleasure, and when we're talking about sex, it becomes, it feels sinful to right. say, but that's only when you indulge in sexual immorality yeah. outside of marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you have, if you indulge in sexual immorality, whether that's masturbation, pornography, mm-hmm. sex itself, yeah, or anything, marriage, yeah. when you do that outside of marriage, all of a sudden sex seems bad. Sure. But it was never intended that way. It was supposed to be good. And like we were mentioning, all these things should point us to God. Mm-hmm. So how does intimacy and feeling a certain way in sex, how does that point us to God? Well, like you said, when we're like, you know, when a man or a woman are having sex, what you feel could be compared to and similar to an expression of worship toward God. Right. And the thing that's a super cool thing about it is that's why God told us to have one wife. Yeah. Because he wants us to learn. He wants us to know what it is to only feel that expression toward one yes. person. That's why he doesn't allow us to have a million wives. He doesn't want you to feel that toward a million different toward women. a million different wives, no. which is exactly why he tells us not to worship a million different right. things have no he, gods before have me. no gods but he wants yeah. all of that he wants us to practice fidelity and faithfulness to our wife so that we can do it even better toward mm-hmm. god yeah and it's also so that the wife can know the beauty of that faithfulness yes right so that she can experience the beauty of that faithfulness yeah. and the same for the man right yeah. um yeah, man, sex is such an amazing, amazing, amazing gift. It really oh, yeah. is. And you have to beg the question once again, uh, on the on the note of evolutionary processes, why does it have to feel good? It doesn't have to. No. I genuinely don't think animals feel great when doing it because yeah, God didn't give them the enjoyment of it. No. We have and but not you know what's even great? Kind of what you were saying earlier with yeah. the animals. Listen, I don't want to go too far here, but <laughs> I think it's really important to also understand you're not meant to just enjoy the climax of sex. Mm. You're meant to enjoy all the ins and outs working in it, such as as a man, we should be enjoying the art of the body of a woman, Mm. right? It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the same for the woman. It should not just be about getting in and getting out. Man, it should be such a passionate expression that could go on for hours at a time, you know? Yeah. And so... And one, one thing on that... I don't know why I didn't mention this earlier, but sex is also something that's not pointing towards right. you. It's something that's pointing towards out there. When you join, that was. My next. That yeah. was? Yeah. Cool. Let's go take it away. So, then. well, 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verses 3 and 4 the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to, the, to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Wow. In sex, you are not doing it for your own pleasure. Nope. You're doing it for theirs. Yes. You should find the most enjoyment and mm. being able to lay with someone and say, wow, I was able to, to satisfy, satisfy yes. them in ways no one else on yes. earth is going to be able oh, to do. Oh, what a privilege, man. That's a privilege. Yeah. And not only that, but guys, you should also not be scared of sex. Mm-mm. Guys and girls, like look forward to it sure but it while looking forward to it control yourself yes wait till marriage yes. like for real guys if you're listening to this and you're already having sex before marriage you have to stop yeah and you, you can't here's the thing if sex was created by god to to be to his glory you cannot glorify and appreciate god in sex mm. if you're using it for yourself mm. Or if you're using it outside of how he intended it. Yes. Right? That's If you're going to, to say, I want to use sex to glorify God, then you have to use it the way he created it. Otherwise, you're using it to glorify yourself. It's almost blasphemous. It is. If you have sex outside of marriage and you see the beauty of God in mm-hmm. it. It's it's very blasphemous because you're like, okay, well, I see God's beauty in it and what you're doing is you're ultimately taking that gift and you're rubbing it in God's face. Yeah. I'm going to do it my way yeah. because I am the God over my life. You are not the God over my life. Absolutely. So if, and, and guys, this is a relationship advice to you guys. Like, if you are in a relationship where you feel like it's just so hard to get out of that sex or get mm-hmm. out of sexual morality, like, let me tell you something. Sexual immorality is not, I know this is getting a little sensitive, so, you know, bear with us, but these are things that need to be talked about. 
if you think that sexual morality is penetration, you have right. it very wrong. Yes. You have it very, very wrong. Sexual morality is anything that you're not supposed to do outside of marriage. Right. It is like, and I don't have to make a list about it because, dude, the sexual morality that God doesn't want us to do is seen so is seen in in tv now yeah it's seen in websites that are so easily accessible like you know exactly what it is yeah um if you are experiencing any sexual immorality in a relationship that you are in now you either want to have to stop but as hard as that is or you break up yeah you cannot do or and this is not popular advice but it's valid according to first corinthians 7 Uh uh-huh get married you're like, well, I haven't finished college. I don't care. Get a full-time job. If Both you, of y'all get If you're married. convinced that she or mm-hmm. he is the one for you and you're not you're willing, willing to, to fight for that relationship. You're willing to fight for it. Yeah. And you you see that you are indulging in too much sexual morality. Get married. Yeah. There is, biblically speaking, nothing wrong with no, that. Not at all. It's culturally yeah. unacceptable. It is. But I, again, I don't really care. If, yeah. it, if the scriptures will back me up, I don't really care what culture says. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so... That's an important thing to keep in mind is, and you, going on the note of like, if you're doing, you know what I mean? Like penetration isn't the only thing about sexual immorality. I, for, for myself personally, I have an oath. Uh, mm. And you know, this is, it's pretty strict, but I stand on it. I don't yeah. care. I'm, it's not meant to condemn anybody else, but yeah. uh, for me, I won't even kiss the girl I'm dating until the officiant says, you may now kiss your bride. Mm. Right. Because yeah. I don't want it to be that moment when he says, you may now kiss your bride. I'm like, well, duh, have a million times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That needs to be a sacred and beautiful thing. Mm. And so that's the lines that, that I've been willing to draw in the sand and yeah. say, this is where, where we're not going past. Yeah. Um, and because I mean, once you start kissing and making out, What's next? You know what I mean? You're just expediting a it process. It doesn't stop. No, it no. does not. Your flesh does not want to no. stop. You're like, you. That's uh, that's so ugly about our flesh. Mm-hmm. But you get used to it, and you want more. Yeah. You get used to that, and you want more. You yep. get used to that, and you want more. Where does it stop, dude? Just be happy with what God gives yeah. you at the time. Yeah. At the right time. Yeah. Bro, when you get married. There are no limits no. to what you can do with your no. spouse. Like, enjoy it then, but yeah. wait till then. And yeah. I know it's hard. We're, dude, we're oh, guys. Yeah. yeah. We know it's hard, yeah. but it's so much more beautiful when mm-hmm. you wait. Wait. One, it's a commandment. And two, there's just so much more beauty in it when you're following, uh, you're, when you're doing sex the way God wants you to yeah. do sex. And yeah. if He's given it to us as a gift, but He told you, wait, bro, just wait. Yeah. It's in your hands. Just wait. Yeah. Wait till later. And trust that His plan is definitely better than yours. Yeah. Right? That's part of what faith is. Yeah. And so, yeah, we go on all day. We're going to, I mean, guys, just so you guys know, inside of this series we will be tackling sexuality oh yeah uh, down the road and that'll probably be a few different pod a few different episodes it will yeah um so that's one thing that we're definitely gonna tackle is sexuality so i don't want to go too much too much here um so anyway third thing with creation is is metaphor yeah uh metaphor like you know and we kind of just use sex as metaphor that it's a it's a the highest expression of passion as worship is yeah you know if you if you go through through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to notice Jesus sharing what they call parables, mm. and in the parables, he's using creation to give us illustrations of something outside of the created order, yeah. right? It's something outside of our material world, and so the creation is a form of communication that God has given us. Metaphor is a beautiful, beautiful gift. Yeah. You go through the Psalms. There's so much metaphor yeah. in the Psalms in order for us to get a visual yeah. in order to engage the imagination God gave us yeah. to understand him greater. Oh yeah. And so that's one thing we have to keep in mind is the, the beauty of metaphor inside of creation. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one. and you know, this isn't a long one to tackle. I don't think, but Matthew six, man, even in a t- topics like anxiety, cause that's yeah. really what a lot of Matthew six is about anxiety. Yeah. You're either anxious about the things of this life or you're anxious about the kingdom. Mm. Right. And if you're anxious, I mean, you can't really be anxious about the kingdom cause that's already locked bed if we're in Christ. Yeah. And so what does Jesus use though, in order to teach us not to be anxious about the things of this life? Yeah. Well, look at the birds, right? Have you ever just set out in a field and, and stared at a flower? 
and meditated on that for a little bit and saw how beautiful what is the flower doing to make itself beautiful is god not providing that wow right the yeah. flower is not toiling it's not spinning it's not trying to do all this stuff to make itself beautiful god just does it. it's sitting there yeah yeah and so you know again metaphor yeah. yeah when you're stressed out guys listen when you're stressed out about life and you don't know where your life is going and how you're going to do this and how you're going to do that stop and just look at a bird yeah just just go watch a bird for 15 minutes yeah does that thing look worried it's still feeding itself and its nest and doesn't worry it doesn't have a nine to five job no, doesn't does, it's not concerned a bit it just does what it does and god provides not an ounce of worry. No. He's like, well, I just I know I'm gonna fly somewhere. Yeah, and I know I'm gonna have something to eat because yeah. God has always provided. Absolutely, we should have the same mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um, you I have think, anything else on metaphor? I think that C.S. Lewis is the king of metaphors. Mm. Man, just a beast, man. Dude, that guy understood what it meant to look at creation and bring it to God. Yeah, like he, I, dude. I'm convinced he's brought so many people to the kingdom yeah. through his fictional narratives yeah. but dude like when you look at the fictional narratives like dude that has a lot of christianity mm-hmm. well duh it does because we can use things of this world yeah. to point it to god but one thing c.s lewis did was make sure hey don't just look here i'm gonna make sure you know that what i did here in this in this book and i know movies have been made out of his books mm-hmm. it points to god yeah and jesus understood that through the parables you already mentioned that i was actually reading an ad not reading i was listening watching an ad for a movie that's trying to come out here pretty soon, there's a there's a move going on right now trying to make uh, Christian movies look a little bit more Hollywood, like mm-hmm. trying to get a bigger budget for these Christian movies because they're. Uh, I like it. it was funny. The ad was saying that you watch a Christian movie and it looks like a Christian movie. Right. It's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Like, dude, like we claim to have the creator yeah. and we have the trashiest movies, right. and not only that, but the plot sucks yeah. too. Like, I'm being honest. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like. I'm not ungrateful for the what God's given us. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very grateful for it. But in comparison to the plots and right. c- uh, cinematography that the world offers, like bro, we should be one upping them. Yeah. God and God would provide that if sure. we really put our minds to it. But you know what? What he was saying is like, dude, like um, one of their movies that they're trying to bring out isn't a Bible story. It's actually just a, a fictional narrative. But he said, but it points to God and it really opened up my mind. Like, dude, like these metaphors. And it's funny how I watched this ad before we got into this metaphor aspect, but see everything in life and see like, how does this relate to God? Because everything in life relates to God. Yeah. That's uh, one of my, one of my favorite movies to use as a, as a sort of parable for the gospel is the movie taken, Mm. you know, with Liam Neeson. And because all of that, Keller would say that, there's a historical narrative yeah. that goes from the dawn of man that is a constant pointing to the gospel. Every fable, every tale of every single hero, yeah. right, is is this cry that we all need a hero. We yeah. all need a redeemer. And so you, we see that, man. It's, it's, it's sketched all throughout the DNA of humanity, yeah. throughout our desires, our stories, the, the created order. Yeah. Uh, it's everywhere, you mm-hmm. know? And so all metaphor you know another movie is um i don't remember too much how the plot went i'm not really good with remembering movies but have you seen the movie the crudes it's a the cartoon the cartoon yeah yeah so i when i watched that i'm like dude this has a lot of christianity mm-hmm. in it I, i'm not convinced that the creators were christian but maybe they were or maybe they weren't but dude the plot relates a lot to christianity mm-hmm. and ultimately what i can remember from the crudes is that they were going to paradise they were going to a place that they were working hard for they yeah. had to they had to work for them they had to go through a lot of ups and downs but ultimately they made it yeah and in that paradise everything was beautiful yeah everything was green the animals didn't kill you and that's how heaven's just that's how heaven's going to be yeah. like and everything in life like my, one time my brother asked me he's like gamma why do you think the angels and and what's up there why do you think that they look a lot like animals why did god create them like that i'm like no 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 no. god didn't create the creation up there to look like the animals down here Mm -hmm. god created the animals down here so So, we could get a glimpse that's why you see that all these angels had the head of a lion had the head of a thing had that and that like why it's not because it's distorted but it's because god knew that that existed up there he's like you know what i'm gonna create animals that resemble them like if god created humans in their in his image yeah why wouldn't he create animals and spiritual beings image right. so that we could also see that too? Everything's metaphorical yeah. and it's beautiful. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And that's what, you know, you mentioned Lewis before we move on. You mentioned Lewis a minute ago and how he's kind of the king of 
metaphor with all of his fiction and everything. Also keep in mind that Lewis was at one point an atheist. Yeah. That before he converted to Christianity, he actually converted to, to Norse mythology. Mm. And by meeting with J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien actually led him to Christ by talking about the metaphor of Norse mythology and trees. Wow. Yeah. And that was the thing that that brought Lewis to to convert to Christianity was actually looking at one this narrative that's been running through history yeah. of mythology and looking at the creation and going, Oh my you know, like yeah. it dawned on him then. Yeah. And so Yeah. Man. I, and that's a brilliant mind. Yeah. You know? Brilliant mind. It's a gift. Yeah. Um, so let's then move into, so, you know, there's our three things. So what's the issue then, right? Like, um, why, why is it important that we need to be reminded of this, but also in its proper order? Well, the reason is, is the corruption of sin in us, right? Yeah. We've got a disorder in our loves. Uh, we have, as Ben Stewart would say, we have legitimate God-given desires yeah. for, for this satisfaction, this fulfillment, that we're aiming at illegitimate sources mm. to have it filled. Yeah. And as, as Solomon would explain in Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 11, pleasure always demands more pleasure. Yeah. Right? And so if we're aiming at pleasure to find our satisfaction and fulfillment, mm. it's just going to, we're going to have to keep, yeah. you know, re- uh, redoing, retrying, and even inventing new ways to try to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, pleasure in and of itself, like the definition of pleasure is to say, to experience something you don't normally experience. Yeah. So if that's all you're going for, there's always going to be something that could please you more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and that's where, you know, if you go into Romans 1, you know, what's the ultimate pitfall of the people? Well, it's that they're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Yeah. Right? And so we do... And that's the hard part is God has given us these gifts and these beautiful things. And even if you think about, so if we talk more about the Stoics, right? Yeah. Who dismiss creation and pleasure and all those things for this spiritual attainment. Discipline and self-control is also a gift God gave us. Yeah. If you elevate discipline and self-control over the enjoyment of God, you've now got an idol. Yeah. Right. And so again, it doesn't mean that the only route to idolizing creation is to be Please. a hedonism, you know, a hedonist in you know, immorality and all this different stuff. Yeah. But even in being a Pharisee or a legalist, oh, bo yeah. both are equally yeah. destructive in where it will leave us. Right. And maybe, maybe this is going to resonate with some of you guys. It will leave you in bitterness, stress, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness. Oh yeah. Without question. Yeah. Without question. Because if you're living a life that is purely aimed at enjoyment of the things of this life, mm then bitterness, stress, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness all make sense. All of that or half of that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Even yeah. if it's just one of those things that is a default emotion for you. Yeah. It makes sense. If you're living only for this life. Yeah. That's going to be the outcome. And it makes sense. Like you said, yeah. it makes sense because this life is fleeting you. You are yeah. getting older and you are, your body is wearing out and you are dying and you're going to die. Yeah. Right. There's no way around it. Mm -mm. Uh, unless Christ returns first, in which case, if you're just living for this world, you might still be dying. Right. Yeah. You might. So, yeah. Eternally. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, that's an important thing to keep in mind. And it's so our ability to, to appreciate creation for what it is, is important. And again, for what it is. It yeah. is a gift from the giver, which means we should enjoy it, and that enjoyment should be worship to yeah. God. Bro, if I gave you a gift right now, and it's your favorite, you're the best thing you've ever gotten in your life, are you going to look at that gift and thank it? Right. Or are you going to come to me and thank me? Right. right. And that's the same thing, you know, you see like in movies all the time, when you have like the spoiled rich kids mm. whose mom and dad give them all this stuff and, and, and you know, and all they do is enjoy what was given and not the one who gave it, oh, yeah. you know, it's like a man, one of the most heartbreaking lines in history is in the goofy movie, uh, right? When Max movie, it is man. <laughs> Max is like mad at, at his dad. Yeah. And he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. I have my own life now. Like, leave me alone, stay out of it. And you know, Goofy's sad. And he's like, well, I know I just want to be a part of it. Mm. You know, it's like 
his dad raised him up to this point where he has his own life and now he just wants his dad out of it. Yeah. You know, it's so, that's so tragic, yeah. man. And is that not the same as the parable of the, the, the lost son, yeah. the prodigal son, right? Yeah. What did he do? He dismissed his dad to get his stuff. Yeah. And that's what we do. There's no one that doesn't do it. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis in his book, The Abolition of Man, which I think he's actually quoting someone else, but I can't figure out who he says this. He says, can you be just, O man, lest you render to things their due esteem? In other words, can you be righteous without accrediting everything what it's worthy of being accredited? Mm. Which means creation, yes. Yeah. You should be enjoying creation for what it is. And to dismiss that is unjust. Yeah. It's not a righteous li- uh, way to live. But on top of that, you also have to be rendering to God yeah. his due esteem, giving him what he's worthy oh, of, yeah. which is infinitely more than you can ever give yeah. and yet should be every bit of you. Yeah. Right. And so the problem for us is that we give too much esteem to the creation and none toward the creator. Mm. None. None. And so what we have to see then is God entering his own creation yeah. to redeem it. Right. Mm. That God like goofy, right. Wants yeah. to be a part of, of our lives, not because he has to be, not because he's a lonely grandma in heaven, yeah, but because he created us for himself, yeah, right, and he's jealous over what's his, yeah, and so God enters into his own creation in Christ to redeem that, and he does it by his death and resurrection, yeah, which is so insane to think about that in order to to pay the wage, right, which the wages of sin is death, yeah, he came and died, yeah, to pay that debt. And you have to also understand, I mean, if God created enjoyment for us, that means that God also enjoys mm. things. Like, there's not a thing God needs. That's the difference between God and us. There's yeah. not a thing God needs. Yeah. But there are many things he enjoys. Yeah. And one of those things that he enjoys is his creation looking toward him. Yeah. He enjoys it when we worship him. How many times do we see in the Bible, God was pleased. Mm-hmm. God was pleased. Yeah. The incense that Even David Genesis with, 1. Genesis 1, he was pleased. And, and David, um, he, he burned incense and God was pleased. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 6 tells us that without faith, it's impossible yeah. to please God. Yeah. 11, God 6. Yeah. 11.6, yeah. there it is. Yeah, God 11.6. God 11.6. <laughs> That's a book. I mean, Hebrew 11.6. Um, so God enjoys things too. Yeah. And what he wants to enjoy is, uh, is your life aiming towards him. Yeah. He enjoys that. And he walking w- with him. Walking right? with him. Man, where is it? Um, uh, I know it's in Micah, maybe three, uh, no, maybe four. I'm just going to search all of Micah. I'll read all of Micah to you. Okay. Um, yeah, just read <laughs> just it kidding. one through. There's a, there's a verse in Micah. I just don't remember what verse it is where he says, um, you know, what does the Lord require of you but yeah. to love justice, seek mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, mm. right? Imagine if he just says, seek justice, love mercy. Yeah. But he wants us to walk humbly with him. Yeah. Not in front of him, not behind him, with him. Yeah. And so God does seek to abide with us. Um, and what he did yeah, to man, make that happen. Farthest reaches. To do that, to send his only son to lay down his life to pay the debt for our sins so that we could be reconciled, right? That's, man, I remember, I don't want to say, I I guess the first time it really kind of dawned on me, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right? So you have verse 17, which is, uh, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation, you know, but then listen in verse 18, right? We always skip over 18, uh, 18 through 20, Um, hang on, I went to the wrong spot. Uh, 18 through 20, where he says, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is Mm. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. How though? Right? How was he doing that? How was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses? Very simply, verse 21, for our sake, he made him, Christ, to be sin, though he knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah. 
How did God do it? By coming in Christ and bearing our sin on himself and swallowing up that death, swallowing up that wrath, swallowing up the penalties and powers of our sin so that we could be redeemed from it. Wow. Right? Man. And so then 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 23. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the, he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, being Adam, yeah. now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, being Jesus. Just as everyone dies because they all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there's another, uh, I'm sorry, but there's an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. We are in Christ when our hearts have been raised to new life first. Yeah. Right. That's the new birth. Yeah. When our hearts have been redeemed for Christ's purposes, we know that we're in him. Yeah. So it begins with a redeemed heart. Yeah. That later on will be in a redeemed creation. Yes. Right. As Romans eight says that the whole creation's groaning yeah. for the, for the revealing of the sons of God, yeah. for the revealing of those who've been redeemed in Christ yeah. and will at one point take on glorified bodies. Oh yeah. Because we'll finally reign like we were intended to do. Yeah, exactly. I love that because like we're in a sinful body with a sinful heart and a sinful mind, but when we're reborn, mm-hmm. It's not that sin leaves, but your attitude towards sin yeah. changes. Yeah. You begin to hate it. Yeah. You begin to want to do it less and less and less. And, and a person who is reborn seeks to sin less and less Absolutely. and less. And so then you begin to hate the body mm-hmm. you're in. Yeah. You're like, dude, I'm just ready to yes. be glorified. And so yeah. in order for that to happen, it's like, well, God said, okay, well, endure for a moment. Having that renewed heart, but in your old flesh, be in there for a bit, be patient, and I will glorify your body too, mm-hmm. so that your heart and your your body will be the same. Yeah, it's a man. The redemption that's in us is such a such an amazing and powerful thing. And it only really God is. could do that. Yeah, yeah. Only God could do that. Yeah. And so it is. It, and, and so with that, right, with this new creation, what we have, this new order within us is that our loves are placed in a proper order until the day that we praise with unhindered eyes. Wow. Right? Because personal belief, I don't believe that heaven will be all of us just sitting in a big thing worshiping. Mm. I believe heaven will be us in the vastness of the universe. Yeah. Unable. Like if I were like, you know what? I'm going to fly like Superman to some far galaxy and look at this planet. That would be. Oh yeah, I really think that'll be possible. I think that. I think I do. Too. I do. I think exploration will be a a, a element of it. But These... I think when I r- arrive at that planet, I'll look at a rock, and that rock will be singing the praises of God, and I will erupt in praise to the one who created that rock. Yes. Right, because sin is no longer hindering my eyes, and so no, it's like no. I think the point of it is that in heaven. You won't be able to see anything without seeing with unhindered eyes the glory oh of God. Oh, my gosh. Right? Heck, yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. And so, um, and maybe I'm wrong, in which case I'll still with unhindered eyes see the glory of God. You know, yeah. so I don't care. However that looks. Right. However that yeah. looks. Like, for I me, I see our daily lives. Bro, I think that there will still be work. Like, let's sure. get things some. Yeah. Let's get some things done. Let's cultivate and tend to what God. I mean, there's going to be a new Jerusalem. Let's yeah. take care of that. I yeah. feel like, hey. Dude, I'm gonna be a gardener. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna make buildings for us and stuff like that. But just like you said, we'll be able to see all of it mm-hmm. and glorify God. I feel like I'll be able to see you, Daniel, make something so beautiful yeah. and not an ounce of envy. Yeah. Not an ounce of no. hate no. will be in me. I'll be Daniel, look at that. Yeah. And we'll just glorify God yeah. together. Like that's what heaven will be. Yeah. I'm so ready for it. Same. Man. <laughs> I'm same. so ready for it. Uh, so all that being said, guys, hopefully this has helped to some degree for you to enjoy, right, yeah. what God has given you here, uh, but also realizing that as the pains of sin and corruption are still present with us, you longer look forward to the day oh, yeah. when it's all fully redeemed. Um, 
yeah, I don't. I mean, you have anything else you want to share on that? No, I think I'm good, man. All right, let's let's uh, man, let's pray and we'll call it a day. Yeah. Father, thank you uh, for this opportunity this morning uh, to, to to tackle this topic. Thank you for everything you've given us in the creation, Lord. And God, our hearts are so hardened often that we miss the enjoyment of sometimes the most simplistic things. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to the degree that even when we sit in a place that is so aesthetically unpleasing, it would remind us that you take broken and disgusting things and make them beautiful. Lord, let there not be a rock unturned where we don't see and appreciate your glory. I pray, Father, that we would be enamored by a spider web in the intricacies, in the, the, the beauty of that, and we would see your glory. So, Father, don't let us fall short of praising you for everything you've given us here to enjoy. And I pray, Lord, that as we enjoy it, that our enjoyment wouldn't terminate on the object, but it would roll up in praises to the one who's created it. All for your name's sake. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you all next week. See you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this podcast has served as a blessing to you. If you want to contact us or want more information, visit our website at storehousemedia.org or follow us on all social media platforms at Storehouse Media. Until next time, grace and peace.